Yo, what's going on, guys? This is the Carson Connect Talk Show, episode number 80. And I have some more NFL convo slash conversation slash NFL talk, whatever you guys want to name it slash call it. I have another episode here for you guys, episode number 80. Wow, 80, already 80 episodes in, and I'm feeling great. One of my greatest hobbies I love to do is talk about football. And, you know, I play football. I have experience playing football. I work out for football. Um, and I also just do this as on the side as a hobby. I love sports, and I love talking about sports, especially football. And this is a, just a great hobby of mine. And I'm just going to keep, you know, keep being productive and give out and make these type of episodes for you guys of a lot of football talk. And, yeah, so what I got for you guys today, three... You know, three medium-sized topics. First topic is I'm going to be talking about what I think about Jared Stidham's hip slash leg injury that he suffered yesterday. And and he was taken to the hospital to be checked out with. And how I think this injury that Stidham just suffered yesterday makes new. And how I think this injured, injured uh, how this injury that uh, Stidham suffered yesterday absolutely makes Newton the definite starter now more and more of a chance than I already thought he was going to be that he was going to be the starter. Newton, I already knew 100% was going to be the starter for Bill Belichick and Sean McDaniels and the New England offense and Patriots offense. But now this definitely means that you know Cam is going to be the starter because you know Stidham's not 100% healthy with that injury. And then the next topic is, I'm going to be talking about what I think about Melvin Ingram's new adjusted contract and salary, and guaranteed salary for the Los Angeles Chargers. And to wrap it, all, wrap it up later down the road, I'm going to talk about what I think is going to, as a quarterback battle slash competition, an eventful topic, I'm going to talk about who I think is going to start this season for the Chicago Bears heading into week one, Trubisky or Fools, and why. So I'll be getting into that. And yeah, guys, let's get straight into it. But before I wanted to start, I have some few other topics that I wanted to talk about, and three of them. So first, yesterday, Ron Rivera went to social media and outlawed, and really has been, he told everyone that he's been diagnosed, the Washington football team coach, Ron Rivera, has been diagnosed with cancer, but he still plans the coach. Now, all my thoughts, just wanted to say all my thoughts, all my prayers, thoughts, and condolences go out to the Washington football team's coach, Ron Rivera. He was a great coach for the Carolina, Pan- Carolina Panthers, and he was a coach in 2015 when the Cam Newton-led Panthers made it all the way to the Super Bowl, even though they lost to the Peyton Manning-led Broncos. But yeah, I just want to say my prayers and thoughts and my condolences go out to the Washington football team, course, coach, course, Ron Ver- Rivera, and I hope he gets better. I hope he can fight through this, and I'm so... So appreciative, and I see that he really loves coaching the game of football. He really loves the game of football. He really loves pushing his his players, and, you know, he loves to push his players every day. He just loves it, and that's why he's still coaching, and he doesn't want to give up on his team, the Washington football team. He has a lot of young talent there with Dwayne Haskins, the guy at, at quarterback at the helm for the team, as a yada, and he has Alex Smith coming back, too. He could particularly be the starter. He's got a young talent at the wide receiver position with Terry McLaurin, Steve Sims, and, of course, Kelvin Harmon. And they did release Thaddeus Moss because of the injury. And he has a lot of talent, you know, had a lot of talent at the running back position with Darius Geis. But, you know, what he did, we're not going to get into that, but they released him because of domestic violence. And they have a lot of decent talent on this team. 
Landon Collins, Josh Norman in the secondary. I have a lot of decent talent on this team. Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, and Montez Sweat. Well, of course, Ryan Kerrigan's a great linebacker, but he's also a great pass rusher, and Chase Young's a great pass rusher. Chase Young, in my opinion, is the most talented you know, player out of this draft, and a guy like Montez Sweat is also a great defensive end and, and a great pass rusher. They got a lot of talent on the Washington football team. Of course, Brandon Sheriff so as an offensive lineman. Great offensive lineman. Got a lot of talent on this team. And yeah, my prayers and thoughts and condolences go out to Ron Rivera. And earlier today, the NCAA Division One Council agrees to give all fall athletes, keyword fall athletes, an extra year of eligibility. And I can only see and I already know why they're doing this. They're only doing this because not all, you know, conferences, only just the, the SEC and I think the ACC are, are still playing. But mainly just the SEC conference is still playing this year in the fall. Not all conferences. Big Ten didn't cancel out, but they postponed to, just to try to play in the spring. And, of course, um, Big 12 did the same. They postponed to try to play in the, uh, the spring. And so there's a lot of other conferences, like the Sun Belt. A lot of other conferences postponed instead of canceling and, and tried and are going to try to play in the spring. But, um, yeah, I know why they're doing this, because not all athletes are getting the chance to play at the normal, usual, base, basically every year college football time and schedule. And matchups are in the fall. That's where college football is always played, just like the NFL. The sport of American football is primarily played and starts in the fall. Um, starts in the fall, yeah. That's why I can see, because not all athletes now, not all athletes get the chance to play in the fall and have more time playing. So they're not going to be able to showcase their skills in the normal time uh, when football and co when college football is being played. And they don't get paid anything. So one the one concept I've always had is, is um, the one thing I've always looked at is I'm not saying all, actually, I think all conferences should be able to play in the fall because I don't think this corona, it's serious, coronavirus is serious, but come on, it's football, and I, I love football so much, and I would let these players play, but, now the one concept I had is, for the NFL, you know, they're not paying, um, it's not really a concept, it's, it's like a thing that, that, um, now the concept is, it is sort of a concept, the concept is, the concept is, you know, college athletes, you know, college athletes I always thought should get paid a little bit because the college division one, subdivision two, division three, division one, division two, division three, all college football players should be paid because this is a, a better than mediocre level of play in terms of football, how good players are. These are big ass and really good players. These are players, you know, to even get to a division one, especially division one, you have to have some type of sort of talent and be at least decent at football at any position, whether it's skill position, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, um, slot receiver, offense, you know, corner, safety, all that. Linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, outside linebacker, middle linebacker, interior. You have to have some type of kick returner, even even the special teams. You have to have some type of talent to play at the Division One level in terms of college football. But 
I've, that's why I always thought athletes should get paid, and they're going, and they're, you know, they're working a little bit towards that. They're starting to have conversations about it. The, the NCAA, Division One Council, is starting to have some conversations about that. But I've always thought athletes should get paid because they're putting their heart out. And so uh, NFL players get paid. That's a pro league. I'm not, I'm not comparing college to pro. But I'm saying the college level, um, NFL players are way a lot better than college players. There's some young, young, very good young stars. Like a guy like DK Metcalf who just came out of college in 2019 last year and balled out at 900 yards his rookie year for the, you know, for the Seattle Seahawks. And A.J. Brown went to Ole Miss, came out of college in 2019 as well. Back here two. The Tennessee Titans, he had over 1,000 yards receiving. So there's some guys that, you know, portray and their, their their talent at the college level translate easily to the NFL. And they haven't got, they've gotten way better, but it's not like DK Metcalf grew because he's around the same way he was once he, came, once he came out of college. It's not like his hands got better, obviously. He got a little bit faster, but he already had those traits in college. But college players are very good. And that's why I see some young always, it doesn't always work the way people think it is. Not all young college players, once they translate their skills and play in the NFL, are going to have to take time to, you know, get the gist of it and get in the thick of things and get used to it. Some players translate right away, and that's definitely a, definitely a guy like Kyler Murray, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, um, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs. These guys portray their skills and translate and move their skills from college to the NFL right away. And you can obviously see last year, guy Josh Jacobs had over 1,000 yards rushing. DK Metcalf had exactly 900 yards receiving, almost 1,000 yards receiving. AJ Brown had over 1,000 yards receiving and led rookies in terms of receiving yards in that category. Uh, a guy like Debo Samuel had over 800 yards receiving. A guy like Kyle Murray had over 3,000 yards passing and had over 500-plus yards rushing as a quarterback. And he won Rookie of the Year. See, not all young rookie players are going to have to take some time to progress and get better. Yes, they're going to get better over the course of their career, but they're young, but like I'm saying, they have skills, and they were in college football for a reason, and these are the best. The players that get to the NFL are the best of the best college football players. College football is a good, Division One's a good league. Now, college football is a great, great surface to play on and stage to play on, but what I'm saying is, these players that get picked high in the lottery and stuff, high in the NFL drafts, like set per se round one, two, three, four, five, even even guys like six in the rounds four, five, six, seven, those guys are still good. These are the best college players out of this college, out of college football, across America, best of the best in terms of college football. Guys are great college football players. Now they usually translate good to the NFL. Now there are some busts. Um, Josh Rosen, for once, was a bust a little bit, I'd say. Now, there are guys that have been bust early on in the career, but you know, maybe a little bit change of scenery helped them, and they moved on to another team and started it up their career back and got it where they wanted. And now they're playing decent. And if someone comes to mind... That would probably be a guy like Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees, for the Los Angeles... Um, well, for the Chargers at first, wasn't all that good. Drew Brees struggled a little bit. Okay, did have some success, did make the playoffs a little bit early on his career um, when he was on the Chargers, and then they made that swap where um, Brees went to the Saints and Rivers was involved in it. Rivers was on the Chargers. Um, okay, and then once he got to the Saints and then Sean Payton's 
you know, orchestrated offense. He was great, and it career um, took off from there. And obviously, as of right now, in 2018, against the Redskins on Monday Night Football, he broke the record to achieve and surpass, you know, guys like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, of course, to have the all he has the, to have the all-time record for the most passing yards in NFL history, and that is in Drew Brees' hands, and he has that record. He holds that record to this day, to this second, to this hour, to this minute, to the second. As of right now, he holds that record. Um, yeah, that that I just wanted to get that concept out, concept out to you guys. And yeah, on to and Dallas Goddard has a hairline fracture in his thumb. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, guys, and NCAA Division One. Council agrees to give all fall athletes an extra year of eligibility. And yeah, guys, Dallas Goddard has a hairline fracture in his thumb. Now, okay, I was I was horribly, horrifically mad. I was mad when I heard that guys like Miles Sanders had injuries of recently over the past course of the past week. Jason Peters was hobbling after a few plays. He's injured a little bit. And now Dallas Goddard. Those three. Miles Sanders is injured a little bit. Um, Dallas, not these aren't horrific and bad injuries. These are semi decent injuries. These aren't these are little little ticks of injuries. So Miles Sanders had some injuries. Jason Peters, of course, who's going to replace Brandon Brooks at right guard. He's a former tackle for us. And of course, at Dallas Goddard. So those three. But what I've always told people, and I've thought about this earlier, I'm happy. For one, I'm not happy that the injuries are. I'm mad that these players are getting injured because, of course, if you know, watch NFL football. If you watch the Philadelphia Eagles, and if you are at least an average NFL fan, of course, I'm way better than average. I'm way more of an average NFL fan. I know way more than the average person, but I'm just saying the regular average fan would know, a regular average Eagles fan or a football fan at that would know the Eagles are a very, very injury-prone team, especially at the quarterback position with Wentz. In, in terms of his four years, how much he got injured, especially in 2017. And we still locked us up with a great record to lately, to clinch us a playoff spot for when Foles came in and did the rest and won us our first Super Bowl. Um, of course, a guy that comes to mind is at the wide receiver position. Last year, Deshaun Jackson came in week one and dominated, balled out, um, beat Quentin Dunbar and burned Josh Norman, all of that. Had two touchdowns for over 100 yards receiving. Came into Atlanta on Sunday night, week two, and just got shut down with injuries. Did not be able to play a few. He played a few series, maybe even some of the first quarter, and then got injured with ab abdominal tear. And then he, he came back in terms of a week. He came back in week nine against the Bears and got injured again. Played a series and, and never played a snap for the Philadelphia Eagles that year again. So these injuries happen. And then at the another at another wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. He played ten games. Okay, not he. He played more than Deshaun Jackson. What about eight more games than Deshaun Jackson? Um. Okay, but he, you know, he wasn't able to. He wasn't even able to have over five hundred yard receiving. He had around four hundred fifty. Around there, yeah. And and then another guy that comes to mind. Now, Zach Ertz isn't a good example because he plays through his injuries. He's the most durable tight end in the NFL right now, one of the most durable tight ends in NFL history. And then another guy comes to mind is Josh How is Jordan Howard. He got he was supposed to be he was our starting running back for for some games. Okay, splitting carries on Miles Sanders, and then he went down the injuries. And then of course Ertz got injured a little bit, but he but you know he's so durable. But he was able to play to them. And then on our defense, a lot of players kept getting injured. 
lot, a lot of players kept getting injured over the past of the course, the past two NFL season, 2018-2019. A lot of you know corners have been injured. That's why they caught up guys like Sidney Jones, uh, practice squad players, and corners like um, Avante Maddox and Craven LeBlanc. So a lot of players have been getting injured on our defense as well. And if you watch football, a little bit of football, you at least know the Eagles have a very much injury-prone team. But I'm happy that these players are getting injured in terms of training camp now as the NFL is exactly 20 days away under three weeks. And it, kick, it kicks off in about 20 days. One day under three weeks, 20 days. So in three weeks, it's going to be... 21 days. It's going to be Friday. 20 days. So, Thursday. It kicks off Thursday. Um, I think the season kicks off um, September. I don't know the exact date, but the season kicks off in 20 days on a Thursday. It's uh, probably going to be that the, the games. It's it's usually the first day NFL kickoff. It has a doubleheader. Much like the NBA has it. Um, the NFL has a doubleheader usually on the kickoff the first day. I think it's going to be the Packers and Bears for one of them. And, yeah, that's one of the games I know that's going to be on there. But, yeah, back to what I was talking about. I'm happy that these players are getting injured now as of as if not in an actual game that matters in a real football game. I'm happy get Go ahead. Get all your injuries out. Um, Dallas Goddard, get all your injuries out. Miles Sanders, get all your injuries out of the way. Jason Peters. But be ready once actual football starts picking up and coming back in about 20 days. You better be ready. Because, well, not, not in terms of the Eagles. The Eagles aren't on that Thursday doubleheader. But the following Sunday, the Eagles are on in about 23 days. The following Sunday, after that first Thursday, that, that kicks off, three days after that, the Eagles are going to be on the road against the Washington football team. But beware and be ready. Just be ready. Be ready and all the players need to stay healthy. Wentz is looking very good in training camp. Deshaun Jackson's looking good in training camp. Alshon Jeffrey is probably going to come back in terms of September. A guy like Jalen Rieger, great. He's looking good. Um, Jalen Hurts, our backup quarterback, is looking good. Um, of course, Miles Sanders is looking good. But guys like Miles Sanders, good. Get your injuries out all the way, but you better be ready in about 23, 24 days on that, on that following Sunday after the first NFL kickoff date, which is that Thursday in 20 days. But be ready, and that, that doubleheader on Thursday, be ready when football comes and when week one comes in about 23 days because I don't want to see any of this injury-prone Eagles football anymore. And yes, Wentz played his heart and soul out. Wentz, Ertz. Because Ertz led us in receiving as a tight end. Wentz threw for 4,000 pass yards with no wide receiver. Get it? Wide receiver, quick keyword, not tight end, wide receiver. Because both our tight ends led us 1 and 2 in receiving yards. Ertz was 1 with over 800. I think it was around 900. And Goddard was 2 with over 600. But Wentz had over 4,000 pass yards with no receiver on our team who had over, you know, had over... 500 receivers. He threw for went through for 4,000 pass yards with no receiver that had over um, 500 receivers, and that's great. Or even had 500 receivers. Yeah, get all your injuries out now, because I'd rather you get injured now than when the season actually starts and when the games actually matters. That's the concept I wanted to go over. And yeah, guys, on to our real three topics. What I think about Jarrett Stidham's hip slash leg injury yesterday, 
and he was being and what I thought him what I thought about him being taken to the hospital to be checked out, and how I think it makes Cam Newton. 100% the definite starter now, and how I think it really is more give, gives Newton more of a chance to be the starter than I already thought he had. So I already thought he was going to be the definite starter. Now he's really the definite starter. So yeah, what I think about this is, yeah, as of yesterday, August 20th, yesterday in practice, it was all over social media. I went on Instagram yesterday. I went on Inside Training Camp Live. They went over as, as everyone, as Stidham, Jarrett Stidham was supposed to be the starter, but Bill Belichick went out and got a good veteran who came in the league in 2011, who won a national championship the previous year that he came in the league and got drafted by the Carolina Panthers with the Auburn, with Auburn, Cam Newton. Bill Belichick wanted a guy, but Cam Newton got him. Now, Cam Newton is no regular quarterback in the NFL. He's not an average quarterback. He's way better than average. He's a guy who... Is a great quarterback, has a great arm, and put it really on display when he won MVP back in 2015 with the Carolina Panthers. Great, great year. Dual threat, out of the world, dual threat quarterback. He has really good arm, really good accuracy, really good deep accuracy, good accuracy on all three levels of the football field. Short, medium, and deep. Intermediate and deep. Short, medium, and deep. He's a great quarterback, and he's also very, very mobile. He can escalate plays, keep plays moving, and buy some more time in the pocket to get his receivers. To tomorrow time for his receivers to get more open. Now, the Andy Carey's team of 15-1 record last year only losses in Atlanta against the Falcons. And that was a tough, tough game. That was a tough Atlanta Falcons team. But they carried their team. With at, the, at the helm, Cam Newton carried his team to a 15-1 record. And, you know, he carried his team throughout the playoffs. You know, beat, of course, the Pete Carroll, chewing gum Pete Carroll, and great quarterback Russell Wilson. I think it was at Carolina, yeah. Okay, then in the division round, and then went and played another game in Carolina, but it was against the Bruce Arians and the Arizona Cardinals with at home Carson Palmer leading the group. Carolina rolls through them. Panthers roll through them. And then they beat Peyton Manning's last Last season and last NFL game in uh, ever, ever in his whole career, Peyton Manning's last NFL game is the Super Bowl in 2015, and close. It's close for the most part until Von Miller got a strip sack on Cam Newton to end the game, and it was just unbelievable. Great, great player in Von Miller, but yeah, Cam Newton had a great year. Um, great, great quarterback, and this is not your average quarterback. But injuries have really derailed Cam Newton's. You know, career as of the past recent years, definitely in 20 last year because Cam Newton, you know, with injuries, I think he was playing a little bit through injuries. Ron Rivera um, put on on tape or noted. But in 2018, he suffered a lot of injuries as well. So he's been injury prone the past two years. Hasn't been the Cam Newton we all know and love to watch. But we're going to see Cam Newton in a deadly-ass offense, deadly offense this year. Don't mind my cussing. I'm sorry for cussing. Deadly offense this year with with – a Hall of Fame coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time, up there with Don Shula, who had like a shit ton of wins. Don't mind my cussing, guys. But yeah, he's up there as well. Wait, with a guy like Don Shula. I think Don Shula's a better coach than, than Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick is a better master and is smarter of a coach. I think Don Shula just had better coaching in terms of Don Shula won more games, not more playoff games. Belichick has him in that category. 
that Belichick has most, co- most coaches in there in that those type of categories. He has won more playoff games than about a lot of other coaches, but he hasn't won more regular season games than Don Shula. By the way, rip Don Shula, rest in peace. But uh, yeah, a guy like Cam Newton, this offense, and last year the Patriots were able to go twelve and four with an older Tom Brady, who's getting way older, a not really mobile, uh, a good, not really a good mobile quarterback in Tom Brady. But Tom Brady, of course, is the greatest quarterback of all time, and that is mainly because he was able to do great stuff with what he was able to work with, and that was no home run hitters, which is deep threats, no deep threats. His best receiver, deep threats. His best receiver was Julian Edelman. He's a bona fide great slot receiver. Mohamed Sanu is a possession receiver. He can run the short and intermediate routes, um, but he's working on his game this year in the offseason to be a good deep threat for that team. Like Jacoby Myers was young last year. He's not really a deep threat. He could be a deep threat. He's pretty fast. I think he's more possession receiver. He can run the short intermediate routes. And of course, a guy like guys like Benjamin Watson, who you know retired. So yeah, got Matt Lacoste starting at tight end probably now. But yeah, what Brady was able to do with no deep threats and no home run hitters and really no deep threats was great. Got Edelman who's a slot receiver. Mohamed Sanu is a possession receiver. Can run the short inning routes. Um, but he's gonna be have to be the the deep threat their team in this upcoming year. He's worked on that with you know. In the offseason. And, of course, a guy like Jacoby Myers could also be a deep threat. But he's also a, a decent slot receiver and can run the short and inter- intermediate routes. And, of course, Marquise Lee was going to be that deep threat for them until he opted out. So, he's a, he's a decent young player. Well, not young player. He's a decent player. Former Jacksonville Jaguar. But, yeah, what Brady was able to do last year with no deep threats was outstandingly good. and And that's mainly because... Bill Belichick, you know, the only reason Bill Belichick didn't go out and get a guy like Antonio Brown when he went out, when he went out, we played one game in the Patriots and he didn't sign him or go out, go out and trade for a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or didn't go out. Well, obviously Texans weren't going to do that, but why Bill Belichick didn't go out and get a deep threat, a star-studded wide receiver as a deep threat was, that's a deep threat, was big, mainly because of the reason why is, is that Tom Brady is so good and the why he's the greatest quarterback of all time and why he didn't why Bill Belichick didn't decide to prove his team with a deep threat and help Brady out because Brady didn't need any help. Virtually Brady, what we what he went twelve and four, carried his team at home at quarterback to a twelve and four record and a division a clinch clinch the division with short slot receivers and and no deep threats. Well not all the short slot receivers. But with no deep threats, that's because Tom Brady is such a good, accurate, short passer. And Bill Belichick said, hey, we have, we'd have no deep threats here for you, Tom. Are you okay with that? Brady said, probably says, yeah. And Brady, and Brady probably goes, says back to Bill Belichick, you know I'm a great, short, accurate passer. And he is. He's a great, short, accurate passer. He's one of the best, accurate, short, accurate passers of all time. Tom Brady is also a great, deep ball passer. He was a great, deep ball passer when... When Gronkowski went on the seam routes, he was a great deep ball passer. When he had Randy Moss as a deep threat, Tom Brady is a great passer of the football overall. But when he sh- has short guys to throw to, plus James White out of the backfield, he's also good. Uh, Sony Michelle in the running game. But when he has short, shorter guys and no really deep threats to go to at all, he still produces great football and he wins. And that's mainly because he's such a leader. He's been in this league for 20 years plus. He has a lot of experience playing with different types of receivers. 
Edelman. He's played with Randy Moss, Julian Edelman, Dami Amendola, uh, Rob Gronkowski at tight end. He's played with Chris Hogue. He's played with all types of different receivers. Played with Josh Gordon. He's played with the with really good deep threats in terms of Randy Moss and Josh Gordon. And he's also played and great jump ball receivers. And he's also played with the shorter slot receivers that the Patriots tend to get in Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, and Wes Welker. He plays with all different types of receivers. So much experience playing with these types of receivers and clicking and have a lot of chemistry with these types of receivers. But the thing I've always liked about <coughs> excuse me. The thing I've always liked about Tom Brady is he adapts to any any miscues the team has, what the team is built around, he adapts right away and he adapts to any situation that's going on and that's what I love. He's a very good, very much, very much appreciated, very good adaptable, adaptable, adaptable quarterback. He can adapt to any situation, whatever, because he has those type of mechanics, those type of tools in the shed. He has those type of, you know attributes and he's just an all-around great quarterback the only thing he doesn't have is that mobility that's because he's old i can understand he's on the older side way on the older side but yeah but but he had a little bit of mobility when he was younger per se five ten years ago he had a little bit more mobility of course wasn't great he was still pretty slow but he at least had mobility than he had now mobility than he had now but tom brady is such a great quarterback because he takes any team situation and makes them great. And that runs through Bill Belichick's system. Of course, he helps, obviously, one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. Sean McDaniel's offensive coordinator. He's a great offensive coordinator. But the key to it is Tom Brady, and that's because he's such a great, short, pa uh, sh short accurate passer. And he's one of the greatest short, accurate passers of all time. So is a guy like Brett Favre. And so is a guy like Pat Manning. So is a guy like Johnny Unitas. All these guys are great short passers, accurate passers, as well as being deep a very good uh, deep ball accurate passes and deep and medium accurate passes. I'm not saying he's not accurate for all three levels of the field. I'm not just saying he's a good short accurate passer, not a good accurate passer um, from the other two levels of the field. I'm saying Tom Brady is a great all-around three-level great accuracy passer. From He's a great short accuracy passer, he's a great medium accuracy passer, and he's a great deep accuracy passer when he has deep ends. But I'm just saying what he was able to do last year with, with no deep threats was great. Had to adapt and you know, mold his game around a shorter and no shorter slot, uh, shorter receivers, and no really big defense. And he, he did great. Led his team to a twelve and four record with him at the helm. So didn't have seen much success in the playoffs, and that's mainly because it came down to who played the better game, and that was the Tennessee Titans, who had three straight away games and still matched and still had the audacity to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Beat. Not only a Tom Brady-led Patriots and Bill Belichick and Sean McDaniels on the Patriots, but that was in Foxborough. That, that was a, basically a headline. And a, a, that's basically saying the Patriots are basically going to win this game. They proved everyone wrong. Ryan Tannehill did it. Derek Henry had over 100 yards rushing. Um, great, 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 great Tom Brady-led Patriots. But, yeah, you, got, you guys get what I'm saying. But yeah, back to... Um, Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton can adapt to this type of roster similar to Tom Brady, but I think why I think the Patriots can be even better than when Tom Brady um, and with the 12-4 Tom Brady-led Patriots last year is because Tom Brady does not give you the type of athletic ability that a guy like Cam Newton gives you. Tom Cam Newton can maybe not do it as good as Tom Brady can, but Cam Newton still has a great arm, a great passing, great, great passer of the football. Very accurate from all three levels of the field. Has has had very good, you know, shorter receivers to be 
to mold his game around being a good, accurate, short passer. And that, that was a guy like Christian McCaffrey. He had over a thousand yards receiving, a thousand yards rushing last year with the Carolina Panthers. Only three players all, all, all time to do it. And that's Eric Dickerson talking there too. But Cam Newton's a great short, accurate passer, great medium, accurate passer, great deep, um, accurate, great accurate passer on the deep balls and longer developing routes. But a guy like Cam Newton also is so athletic, has a great athletic ability, and they don't call him Superman. They don't give him that nickname just for the celebration. They gave him that nickname because he can hurdle guys, he can run through guys, he can run around guys, stiff on guys, whatever, run past guys, burn guys. He's so good of an athlete, such a good athlete, and match that with his quarterback abilities and skills with a great arm, great accuracy for all the levels of the field, and great you know, instincts and great pocket presence and gets out of a lot of pressure with his ability to be have great mobility and do great things with his legs. That's something Tom Brady has not accustomed to and does not have as of right now and has really never had it his whole career. That's the one thing Cam Newton is better than Tom Brady at, being a mobile quarterback, being able to do things and, and you know, succeed by doing things with your legs. And that's something Tom Brady cannot do. And I think that even gives... Bill Belichick and the Patriots more of a chance to be great this season. More of a of a, you know a dynamic part of the Patriots this year is going to be how our defense is going to prepare around for Cam Newton. We haven't seen a Cam Newton as healthy as he is right now for, for about two years or three years or so. Cam Newton is healthy. He's ready to go. He's getting working. Yes, he's he's messed up a little bit. You know, everyone messes up here here and there. Young players mess up here and there in training camp. He's fixed it. And he's moved on, and he's doing great. But with that being, not that being said, I think Cam Newton is going to lead this team. I, as as I talked about last week, I did all four NFC divisions: then NFC East, NFC West, NFC South, NFC North. Then I did all four AFC divisions pro- projections for and pro- record predictions for both NFC, AFC East, AFC West, AFC South, AFC North. Oh, I did both conferences and both eight divisions combined, four divisions in each. I did all of that. Did my record predictions for each of the four divisions in and both the NFC and the AFC. And when I went over the Patriots, I said, "Look, Tom Brady led the team to a twelve and four record last year with not being that having that gifted athletic ability. Cam Newton has that athletic ability. Cam Newton is a better dual threat quarterback than Tom Brady. Cam Tom Brady is more of just a great passer of the football. Um, a guy like Cam Newton is a great passer of the football, but also is so great and dynamic with his running, using his legs and his mobility, and getting out of pressure. That's what makes him so gifted. That's why he was an MVP back in 2015. Not because he was a great passer, because as well as being a great passer, he had that athletic ability to pick up yards with his legs and, you know, truck people, stiff arm people. That's why he was so great. Put that on display for the Panthers in 2015. That's why he won the MVP, being such a great, dynamic, dual-threat quarterback. And that's something Tom Brady isn't. But that's why he has that advantage to even be better than Tom Brady was on the Patriots last year, to carry the Patriots. If Cam knew he's fully healthy, he's going to be a sight to see. He's going to be dangerous. But, yeah, what that's really what I think about... Stidham's hip leg injury, I think that's going to give Cam more of a chance to, you know, be the starter. And he's definitely going to be the starter now. And that he's not going to end Stidham's. Stidham wasn't going to be the starter anyway. I've always known Cam's going to be the starter. But Stidham, you know, 
Okay. Belichick always likes to do this. He did it with Garoppolo and Brady. He did it with Brissett and Brady. He said, hey, he always says, hey, it's an open quarterback battle. The best quarterback will win and start go uh, heading into week one. And that's what he always says, but downright in his heart, he knows Cam Newton's going to be the starter. Cam Newton was a former MVP in this league. But, you know, a guy like Jared Stidham is very young, and he was going to be the starter until he picked up Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a great veteran, former Pro Bowler, former first team All Pro, former former carries team to the Super Bowl for the Panthers, and former MVP back in 2015. He had a lot of experience in the league and a lot of great experience in the league, not just experience in general. You talk about experience, um, there's a guy mainly named, basically, there was a guy named, if you want to talk about great experience in this league or just experience, um, yeah, it's two different things. You can't comprehend both. It's two different things. Regular experience, but an average player, I'd say that's a guy like Matt Hasselbeck. Take Matt Hasselbeck. He had a lot of experience in the NFL. Matt Hasselbeck wasn't great. See, he was a little bit better than average, but he wasn't great. But he had a lot of experience playing football. Now, take a guy like Cam Newton. Cam Newton has a lot of experience in this league for about nine years or so. The Carolina Panthers. Eight or nine years. Um, he's going to... This is going to be his 10th year, basically, playing first year with the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick. Go ahead, coach. Now, yes, he has a lot of experience over his nine or so year career so far. Now, yeah, with, the, with Panthers, but one year is going to be this year on the, on the so far on the Patriots. And it's a prove-it year for Cam. Like I mentioned on this podcast, I don't think Cam Newton's going to be in New England for a long time. I think it's he's a one-year one year quarterback. He's going to be the one-year Bridge for Jared Stidham. going to teach Stidham a lot, and I think Stidham still isn't ready. And here's why. Well, you guys already know why, but I think Cam can teach Stidham a lot. But here's what Belichick always says. It's an open battle. But he knows the, the person with the player with more experience is going to play. And he knows, obviously, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, so he's going to start him. But he knew knows Cam Newton is not just your average experienced quarterback. He has, yes, he has a nine years of experience that he had with the Carolina Panthers, but he has more than just that. He did a lot with that experience and took it far, like really far. He was an MVP, did big things with those with, with that nine years of experience with the Carolina Panthers. Big things. Pro Bowls, set records, franchise records, franchise records, left and right. Um, now, a lot of records, a lot of records. But Cam Newton is also a former MVP, made Pro Bowls, made the Pro Bowls left and right, made a lot of Pro Bowls, made first team All-Pro, second team All-Pro, whatever. And he also is a former MVP and he carried his team to a 15-1 record. Back in 2015, I lost to the Peyton, Manning, Peyton Manning's last year when he led the Broncos to, that, to win that game. Yeah, that's the thing. There's quarterbacks who have experience and are average or better, a little bit better than average, and then there are quarterbacks that have experience and are really good slash great. That's a guy like Cam Newton. So yeah, I think Stout Stidham's, you know, not 100% healthy and has an injury. That's even more signs that red flags, that uh, blue, like white flags, whatever, green flags, that definitely Cam Newton's going to be the star. That's really what I think about Stidham's hip slash leg injury yesterday and being taken to the hospital. Now on to what I think about Melvin Ingram's, the great outside linebacker for the Los Angeles Chargers, really good outside linebacker. 
new adjusted contract and now his new guaranteed salary. What I think about this is I, I personally think he's being a, he was being a little bit too greedy. Um, he's not too great of an outside linebacker. He's great. He's good. He's really good. He's not great. Um, so he is one of the better outside linebackers in the NFL. He's not. Look, Vontae David is not Shaquille Barrett. He's not a guy like Bob Mills. Not a guy like Khalil Mack. But he's certainly up up there in the echelon of great outside of, of really good outside linebackers. And to prove that, I don't think he was being greedy. I can. He's great. He's really good. You should pay him. Anthony Lynn did pay him. He, reconstru- he didn't pay him. But he reconstructed the contract. Gave him a little bit more money and a guaranteed salary. And now he's back to practice again. He skipped the few practices because he was being a little bit greedy, wanting money. But Anthony Lynn finally gave in because said, "Hey, if we didn't, if we if he let you go, we're not going to re- be able to replace someone like you." Okay, okay. Joey Bosa is a great defensive end, but at the linebacker position, Kenneth Murray is coming up. Okay, you got guy like Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. He's great, but we need another outside linebacker to make that great uh, middle. Get that, make that great linebacker chemistry duo with a guy like Melvin Ingram and Anthony Murray. So you don't give a guy like Melvin Ingram up to any team in the NFL. Because say he goes on the Eagles. Now our, our but we don't have enough cap to give him. He's gonna be. We don't have enough. The Eagles don't have enough. At clo- not even close to have, at not even close to having as much salary cap to give give to 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 afford to get a guy like Melvin Ingram. But say he went to another team, he's gonna be great. And they're obviously gonna regret it. But. They're obviously going to regret it. But a guy like, I don't really think a guy, you know, per se, like Melvin Ingram, should be paid a little bit of money. He should be paid a lot of money. He's a franchise player. He's a great, he's a really good outside linebacker. And yeah, what I think about him having a adjusted contract in Tally, I think it's great. I think he'll be another great, he's going to have a good year this year again. Um, hasn't been really struggling as of late. Hasn't had as had double digit sacks in about what three or so years. Okay. Let's get into the stats of Melvin Ingram. His best years were in twenty um, fifteen and twenty seventeen with the Chargers. In twenty fifteen, he had ten and a half sacks. So that's over double digit sacks. And in twenty seventeen, he had another double digit sack year with ten and a half again, matched his career high. So he had. Ten and a half sacks in both years of 2015 and 2017 with the Los Angeles Chargers. And he had eight and a half sacks in 2016 for the Chargers. And he had seven... I mean, he had eight sacks in 2015 with the Chargers. And he had seven sacks in 2018 with the Chargers. And he had one interception. And he had 26 solo tackles that year in 2018 with the Chargers. And he had seven sacks last year with the Chargers in 2019. But... The moral of the story is he had 48 total tackles, 36 solo tackles, and one interception. Um, yeah, he's a great outside linebacker, and I would pay him, of course. Anthony Lynn reconstructed his contract. He's great. He's good. Him, and you got a young Kenneth Murray coming up to add to that great, already great defense with a guy like Joey Bosa, who they paid a lot of money um, to. He's a great pass rusher. Then you got Melvin Ingram, and... Of course, a guy like, per se, Kenneth Murray at the linebacker position. Those two. And, of course, in the secondary with Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, and Derwin James. Yeah, they, they have a pretty solid... And Kevin King. They have a pretty good defense. Um, Yeah, so that's really what I think about Melvin Ingram getting... That's really what I think about Melvin Ingram's new adjusted contract and guaranteed salary.
Now on to some QB battle talks as competition. Who I think is going to start this season for the Chicago Bears at during week one in terms of is it Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles and why? So I'm going to start off this by saying both quarterbacks have at least decent enough experience in the league and did things with it. Foles is known for carrying the Philadelphia Eagles and coming in for known Philadelphia native and quarterback who's been there for four years so far, Carson Wentz. Now, he came in for Carson Wentz and at a near end of your stretch, a game against the Los Angeles Rams where he got a devastating injury. Wentz got a devastating injury when he, when he dove for a touchdown. Now, Foles came in, but the one thing I disagree with, bandwagon, see, I'm a, I'm a true loyal Eagles fan. I've been watching this team for 10 years. Not much Eagles fans have been watching this team for 8 to 10 years, but I have. So far, if you're my age, I'm 15, I've been watching the teams for about 8, 9, 10 years. Around there. But, but guys, be realistic. Foles did not clinch us a spot in the playoffs. Foles just took the leftovers of what Wentz left us with, West left us with. And Wentz left us with that year a shit, a sh a great, great team. A hot team. That's You got it on the hot hand. And Wentz already led us to the playoffs. Wentz already got us a playoff spot and did that for us. We were about 11 and 3 at the time. I think we were 11 and 3. Um, I admit, it might have been week 14 against the Rams. We were 11 and 3, or it was week 10 or week 13. We were either 10 and 3, or we were 9 and 2, or 11 and 3, around there at the time. But when Foles came in, you know, of course we already. Foles, of course, won that game for us against the Rams, but at, at the time, our team was already playoff bound. We already clinched the spot. We already clinched the division. We already clinched a bye. But, obviously, of course, Foles did his magic like he always does when he comes in for starting quarterbacks to get injured. He did his work, and he plays great in the playoffs as well, and that's what exactly we did in the divisional round, a tight mid game against the Atlanta Falcons and and Dan Quinn, and Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones. Very, 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 very good game. Very, very good, good fought football game. It came down to the last play. Um, it was incomplete past the Julio Jones. Game one, the Eagles won it. Now we go to Lincoln Financial Field. Another game at Lincoln Financial Field. Home against the Minnesota Vikings. Foles plays excellent again by a Case Keenum-led Minnesota Vikings. And Dalvin Cook at running back, Alexander Madison, and of course, a guy like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen at receiver. Foles plays excellent again, gets, passes the ball around like he's a point guard, like, like Luka Doncic of the NBA, facilitating the ball. He's passing the, Foles is passing the guys like Torrey Smith, passing the guys like Alshon Jeffrey. He's dishing out the ball to guys like Zach Ertz. He's, he's placing the ball in everyone's hands. Everyone touches the ball. Everyone, everyone eats. LeGarrett Blount was eating at running back. Okay, we win that game. Now, we play a very, very good team in the Super Bowl. And the New England Patriots, who have a lot of experience winning Super Bowls. They had about five at the time. And when we beat them, we beat them 51-43. to 51-43. to Yes, 51 to 43, or 41 to 33. I think it was 51 to 43. 
But it was a great, great game. It came down to a Hail Mary, Brady incomplete. The Eagles won, but Foles in that game played excellent. He played excellent. Again, like a guard in the NBA, he dished the ball out, got everyone uh, to eat, get catches. Ertz caught the ball a lot. Alshon Jeffrey played well. Um, Nelson, even Nelson Aguilar played decently. Torrey Smith played decently. See, Foles is great. He has experience in the NFL, but I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback. And yes, again, when he was on the Eagles in 2013, he had that seven-touchdown game, which is still a record by now against the Oakland Raiders in 2013. That was, that was a great game. But I don't think Foles is a guy who you want to pay a lot of money Exactly in the sense like the Jacksonville Jaguars did in 2019. Now, Foles, flashback to 2018, okay? So the following year after Foles led us to the Super Bowl, everyone was like, Foles should start, Foles should start. But Wentz came back healthy. Wentz is the better quarterback. You guys don't know. Wentz in the first four years of his NFL career has better looking stats than anyone, any NFL quarterback of all time. Yes, we're talking Tom Brady, Pam Man, Drew Brees, Johnny Unitas, all of them, has better looking. Wentz has the best looking. Wentz has the best stats of a, a four-year quarterback so far in his league at, of all time. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. That's a fact. That's a straight freaking fact. We also realize, oh, Foles this, Foles that. Okay, Foles played well. Congratulate Foles. I'm not hating on Foles. You led my love to the Eagles to a Super Bowl win. First Super Bowl win. Okay, 2018. Bulls is getting paid to be the backup. Wentz comes in. Okay, Wentz plays well. Okay. At some point in the season, Wentz again gets injured again and went down. And you know who's there to pick up the slack? Like he did the most recent following year? A guy like Nick Foles. He picks up the slack. He beats the Redskins. He beats the Texans. And he, and he leads us again to the playoffs. Okay, this time, just barely. Because we were 9-7. And it came down to the Bears and Vikings. I watched that game as well. And, of course, the Bears came in with a clutch W because the Vikings won, the Eagles would have not made the playoffs, to, and the Vikings would have got that, that last wild card spot to play the Bears. Okay. That does not happen. Bears win, Eagles win. Eagles advance to make the playoffs. So, at 9-7, and seven, okay, we face, at Chicago, the Chicago Bears. Okay. So, this is a wild card game. Obviously, that year, the, okay, obviously that year, the Green Bay Packers won the division. The Green Bay Packers did not win the division, my guys. Um, the Green Bay Packers did not make the playoffs that year. I meant the Chicago Bears won the division, but they still got a wild card spot. Yeah, so the Bears won the division, but they played the Eagles in a wild card game, which was which was a little bit confusing, but you guys will understand. Okay, so we play the Mitchell Trubisky hot led Matt Nagy and the Bears. Great game, but the one thing I had to say is Avante Maddox got hit with the double moves, of course, without Robinson. Okay, Eagles win a tight knot game. Golden Tate gets a game winning touchdown. It was it was the clank. It was the clank. Bears kicker choked. He was a former Eagles kicker. 
Sparky choked. Okay, Eagles advance to the divisional round. Okay, Foles has us on the winning, game-winning drive here. Makes a great pass, dropped by Alshon Jeffrey, fourth down, the game's over. Flashback to 2019. Okay, so Foles had a decent enough year. Um, not as good as he was in the playoffs in 2017, you know, but had a decent playoffs. Okay, so Jacksonville Jaguars want to give Nick Foles, um, they want to give him a payday. They're going to break out the Brings truck, and they pay him a lot of money to be a starter in Jacksonville when they drafted a guy like Gardner Minshew. Now, Foles did not last one game. One game at the start of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs. One game. One game. I think it was week two or week three. Um, he lasted about a good two games. So the Jacksonville Jaguars got injured, suffered a really. I think no, it was week one against the Chiefs this year. It was at Kansas City. Um, he suffered a bad injury that that got left him out for about half of the season. Okay. Gardner Minshew, a one-year wonder. Comes on to the scene and plays well. See, that's I don't think you pay Foles to be your starting quarterback. I think you pay him to be exactly what he did in Philadelphia to back up Wentz and has a lot of experience. Because in case Wentz gets injured, Foles has a lot of experience and a decent quarterback. And that's what I think he's going to be for the Chicago Bears. I don't think Matt Nagy wants him to be his. I think Matt Nagy likes Foles, but I think Matt Nagy's trying to light a fire under Trubisky. To have him have as great as a year he had 2018 to carry them to the playoffs. And I think if Trubisky fucks up and doesn't have a good year this year, then it's over. I don't think that I think he's going to put Foles in midway in the season and Foles is going to make them at least a better team with Trubisky at the helm. Now, and possibly even a playoff run for Foles and the Bears. Now, I think Trubisky is going to start. I think Trubisky is a good young quarterback. He's still young. I don't think he's good. I think he's average. He has an average arm. Decent passer, decent accuracy. He's not all that, okay, but he's not bad. But I just think Foles is there to be the backup, and, and Foles, Matt Nagy is playing a game of chess. He's using Foles to light a fire under Trubisky. Trubisky's thinking, whoa, I think I'm going to be the starter here, man. Don't, you're not taking my job. You can be the backup. Trubisky is trying, I mean, I mean, Nagy, Matt Nagy is trying to make Trubisky work harder, get better, and he's trying to light a fire under him, which is going to set him off, and I think Trubisky's going to play better this year. Frankly, I just don't think he has enough weapons to carry him the playoffs. He has Allen Robinson, a top 15 receiver in the league, had over 1,000 yards receiving last year. That's a great connection, Trubisky to Robinson. He has David Montgomery starting at running back. Okay, he's not too bad, but he's not great. Um, he's still going into his second year. And then he has a guy like Cole Clement, at tight end, who I think is going to be good for them. Um... They have a slot receiver in Anthony Miller who's good. They got Ted Ginn. They still don't have enough talent on the offensive line um, or the offense to, to make the plus. But that's why I think really that's really what I think about that's really who I think is going to start the season. I think week one Trubisky is going to start. I think Foles is going to be the backup. And yeah, that pretty much wraps, wraps things up, guys. And I'll catch you guys later.